And those of you in the back, if you want, you're welcome to come on up. There's plenty of seats. I'm going to read something from The Awakened Soul by Gibran. <clears throat> Thoughts have a higher dwelling place than the visible world, and its skies are not clouded by sensuality. Imagination finds a road to the realms of the gods, and there man can glimpse that which is to be after the soul's liberation from the world of substance. A few things to share with you of upcoming events. The first one is actually this afternoon. It'll be um, a workshop with Bill Stratton on light columns here at the center from 2 till about 3.30. So after we finish at 12.30, if you would like to attend, you might want to go get a little bite of lunch and then just come on back at 2 to join Bill and coming into a greater understanding of light columns and what that all means and how to put that more into action in your daily life. Then on May the 7th, I always have to make sure I've got this right. Yeah, on May the 7th, uh, here at the ILM Center, Laura Keston will be doing a spiritual tools workshop and it's one of a series of four. The first one happened in April. And if you're interested in that, there's a flyer on the table in the back. And you can make up the first class. She could work with you on that so that you'll be ready for the second. And um, this actually comes from a series of talks I gave back in 97 on spiritual tools. And the master tool being the, the tool of loving. And it really does assist somebody on a spiritual journey to, to take classes like this. And I may go into that a little bit further because I saw some things in meditation today that I might share. And then on Saturday, this coming Saturday, the 29th of April, this flyer's in the back. We have a potluck at our house. And it's from 4.30 until whenever we finish. It'll just be a, a nice evening of getting together, sharing some time together, enjoying each other's company. So please feel free to come. Again, it's a potluck, so bring something to share. And if you have any questions about location, how to get there, uh, pick up one of those flyers, give us a call at the house, and we'll definitely give you directions. Or speak to us before we leave today. So that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> so, welcome. It's kind of fun doing this on Sundays. I'm really enjoying this. It's a lot easier for myself and I think for Brian as well. And certainly a lot easier getting here than Tuesday nights with all the traffic on Mopac. And oh, very, yeah, it's a lot easier for us. Just a lot easier for us to do it on Sundays. It's kind of nice to start the day this way too. For me, it's easier to be more present where at the end of the day and after traffic and everything, we're talking about taking your Sunday morning nap. Well, to me, it's easier to take your nap at Tuesday evening when you're worn out and just want to <laughs> pass out. So you can wake up to God rather than fall asleep to God, you know. So uh, I'll just go ahead and start. The energy's with you, so I'm not going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I get to go first. One of the things I want to share a little bit about today is 
really the practice of meditation and one of the aspects or an action of what we're really doing in meditation if you can simply look at it as making ourselves available to God to the God within to the divine and if you can remember that and the simplicity of that and hold to that simplicity then there's no magic there's no making anything happen there's no forcing anything to happen and how can you have any expectations if you don't really know what God is yet so if you can just think of it as a simple action of making yourself available to God and as you make yourself available to God or as we make ourselves available to God and that's why we love doing and starting with the meditation so that we can really move right into the actual experience and then we'll talk about it you know for the next hour and a half after the half an hour of experience but that talking helps because then when we come into the greater understanding that over time we become more receptive and vulnerable and open to that movement of loving for our own awakening and so as we make ourselves available to God in that availability it really is then simply a process of becoming awake and becoming awake is just something that takes place over time every time we sit down and meditate as we make ourselves available to God that much more can awaken within us if we don't make ourselves available then God doesn't have a chance to really wake up within us so that we can really know the divine of who we are as a divine child of God and greater yet who who we really are in that oneness with God so when we sit down to meditate and make ourselves available whether it's for half an hour like today or whether it's for two and a half hours which we highly suggest because we know that the more opportunity you give yourself the more opportunity and the more available you are to experience that movement of loving within you so that divine spark can wake up within you one of the things I'm going to refer back to I did this masterpiece of artwork last week in class we thought we'd auction it off I'm thinking about framing <laughs> it you know and gold leaf and so this is you <laughs> and that little that's a door if you can't figure that out with a little sudden side that's that divine spark of who you are as a divine spark of God and this is God isn't it nice he's got a smiley face at least that's how I know him and this right here is us awakening as we focus on that inner door and awaken to the divine so this to me the one in between is really the process of us awakening to the fullness of God and as we sit down in meditation as I was saying here that we simply begin and all we have to do truly is just hold our focus to that spot that seat of the soul that spark of the divine within us that's all we have to do it's really that simple is just simply hold our focus there and as we hold our focus there we wake up to know the divine to know the loving that we truly are and that's it and as we do that that awakening is a process by which all of a sudden here it appears like separate levels but the truth is from the spot right here the inner Sun the inner light we awaken and as we awaken what happens is it's a process of expansion it's not like we just moved here it's really a process by which you just expand into the greater knowing of the divine of the divine within all because if we truly are one with all things 
And if God is the creator of all things, then we're one with God. And all this is is a process of awakening into the greater oneness. And the reason why I even said a moment ago why it's a gradual process is because it is. <laughs> In this realm of time and space, things take time to unfold. But as we give it the time, as we give it the attention, and we feed that energy, the more it begins to live and expand in us. And over time, as we do that more and more, it simply gets brighter and brighter, wider and wider, until it eventually encompasses it all. Now, I'm simply drawing it here on the, on the board this way so that you can really, in a sense, realize that the whole process is waking up to God. But once you awaken to God, you know your oneness now in all of God's creation. But it is a process of holding a one-pointed focus. Don't try to come awake to everything. Don't try to come awake to the world. Don't try to come awake to your imaginations. Don't try to come awake to your emotions. Don't try to come awake to your mind or your unconscious. Simply focus on coming awake to God. And in that process of coming awake to God, because you get what you focus on. So if you focus on God, you're going to get God. And so simply make that your one-pointed focus. That's how simple this path is. Just like in every meditation we do now, if you notice I said, now share your loving with God. As we focus on God, as we chant the Anahu or the sacred names, we're simply sharing our loving with God. And it's in that sharing, in that focus, that we awaken. And we'll go through all these stages of expansion and awakening to the greater fullness. But if we say, no, I want to awaken to these other things, all that God is, well, you can do it that way too, but it's going to be a hell of a long journey. And most of us have already been on that hell of a long journey. This is the short route. This is the straight and narrow. This is the quick path, even though it seems like it can take time. You can really wake up into that knowing right in this lifetime, right within years or months, whatever that is. I'm not saying any specific timeline because it's really between you and God and how God wants that to unfold in you in your process of awakening. But that's all it is, is a process of awakening. And the simplicity is just sharing our loving and focusing on God. And then in that, we make ourselves available. When we chant the sacred names, when we focus on God, in that sharing of loving, we are opening our own consciousness through the physical body, through the imagination, through the emotions, through the mind, the subconscious, unconscious. We are opening all those areas within us. And as we open those areas, because loving is more powerful than anything else in creation. And so as you place loving before you, as you do the loving in you, because you are loving, then in that expansion of that loving, it will begin to part the Red Sea, part the waters of all the illusion, of all the mind, emotions, the body. And as it does that, in that is how we make ourselves available to receive that greater love that is God. So we do our part of loving God, parting the waters. And as we do that, it opens, it opens the door. It opens the window. And as we open it by sharing our loving with God, that's how we make ourselves available so that now God can share God's love with us. In truth, God is always doing that. In truth, we're really already one with God. But in this process of divine aspect of God called time and space, it appears that we're not in that place. It appears we are asleep. 
And so that is our experience right now. We are asleep. But as we really give ourselves time to do this process, we once again reawaken. We are awake to God before. That's from where we came from, and that's to where we're returning. So we're simply reawakening. And meditation is simply that process by which we can reawaken. And so as we do this and open that pathway within us, then all of a sudden here comes God's love rushing in. We'll see it as that white light, that golden light, the purple or blue light. That's God's love now being returned. That is God's love now rushing into us to assist us upon this path because this is what God wants. God wants us to be awake. God wants us to once again return to that state of oneness in our knowing, in our experience. Not thinking or feeling about it, but really experiencing the fullness of knowing that. So as we meditate, we give ourselves the opportunity to once again wake up and experience this greater fullness of our oneness with God. My experience of this inner journey, it usually is more the narrow pathway. I didn't wake up into knowing everything just by meditating. I woke up in knowing God in the greater fullness. And in that, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all else shall be added unto you. Then, as you wake up in that greater oneness and knowing with God, then there's this, uh, there's this process that begins to take place where I just encircled all of it. We wake up, and then the all-encompassing oneness with all things begins to awaken within us because then we are one with God and God being in all things and the creator of all. So it's a simple pathway. It's the straight and narrow. It's direct. It's easier than what you'd think. The challenge is getting through your own fantasies your own emotional turmoil, your, your own mental belief systems. That's the challenge. This is not a hard path. It's a simple one. The hardness, the challenge is getting through all that other stuff that we've created, that we've experienced and lived into, and rightfully so, because as so, we are meant to come down into this realm of time and space and experience all that goes here. The mind, the emotions, the imagination, the body. So don't make any of this wrong. It was set up this way. It was all set up this way. And it was all the divine plan. Truly, we've never been separate from God. But in this realm of time and space, we've experienced separation. We've experienced darkness. We've experienced being alone, an individual. But that's what this realm is about, is to have that experience. So there's nothing wrong. There's nothing evil or bad about it. It is simply experiencing what this is. And then once our soul has experienced what that is and how God wanted us to experience as each our own individual unique sparks of God, that when it's time for the soul now to do the journey of reawakening, to come home, to know our oneness once again in a wakefulness, then God begins to call us home. And that's when we'll be drawn to a pathway of meditation of awakening by which we make ourselves available to once again reawaken to that greater fullness of who we truly are, of what we've really never left. Again, it's just a realm of appearances. But when you really wake up and know the divine within, then you'll know all the appearances and all the illusion, and you'll see what a great game it all was. And then you won't judge it. Then you won't make it wrong. Then you'll know, my God, it was perfect all along. It was set up this way. It was an incredible, wonderful journey. And now that we know that, we can now just continue the process of living the loving and in a wakeful state 
and just see where the journey takes us next. And then it's a joyful journey. It's an adventure. It's a journey of discovery. But we know that every step we take and every experience we have on every level really is that journey of our greater awakening and experience of God and God's greater fullness. All the rest. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all else shall be added unto you. So that all else then is wherever God wants to take you then, for you as God, that individualized spark to experience yet the greater fullness of God and all of God's creation. And it really is a joyful journey, even when it doesn't seem like it. Those are simply experiences we're really meant to have in this realm. Don't judge or condemn your own experiences. Don't look at it as bad or wrong. Don't ever judge yourself as making the wrong choices, the wrong decisions. Truly, you're never condemned. Truly, you've never made a wrong decision. That's just part of this world and the experience we come in to have, is that we believe in wrongness. We believe in doing that which is not right or bad. That's all part of it. You know, all I have to do is look at my own life. If you knew me as a kid growing up and through college and all the trouble I got in, I would probably be the last one people would say, I can't believe he's doing the spiritual thing and really talking about God and knowing that loving inside. Really, if you knew my behavior as a child and growing up, you would guess otherwise. But I'm glad that happened for me because I really realized it doesn't matter our physical experience. This is not a pathway of behaviors. This is a pathway of simply coming to the seat of the soul and beginning to awaken to that truth within us, that divine spark that is God, is who we are as soul. And then just simply being in the loving. The nice thing is, when we come here and just make ourselves available and open up and share our love with God, as we open, as God's love just comes into us, that divine spark of who we truly are that gives life to all of this body begins to be lifted. We of our own self don't necessarily lift us. It's really through God's love that the action of upliftment takes place because that's what God really wants for us. We just simply have to make ourselves available. And that's what doing this practice of meditation is all about. A simple one-pointed focus. A simple action of loving. A simple action of just being. And that's it. That's all, folks. How did Bug Bunny used to do it? So we'll see about getting that gold leaf framing for my masterpiece here. Or not. So I guess I'm coming to the close of my sharing right now because it's showing my battery light red and it's going to die in a moment. So <laughs> I'm going to die the little death daily and wake up. And I'll turn it over to Jim. Actually, I won't need it right now, but after class, we'll do it. It says, there's a little digital thing that says, bye. <laughs> Well, it was interesting for me in my meditation. I got lifted up and I was taken to the deserts of Israel. And there I watched as a man started coming towards me. And it was John the Baptist. And he was going forward, as we all have heard him supposedly go forward into the deserts and to the people of Israel, saying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. And he was coming towards me saying that and he came up and 
he took my hand and we walked and walked and walked into this room and he went around the room to each person saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And as he completed that, he turned to me and he said, share with them more about what it is to prepare and what it is to be on this journey. Because a lot of people really don't understand the spiritual inner pathway, the spiritual inner journey of what it is to wake up, to what it is to know yourself in the divine that you are. So I want to go over a few things today in my sharing with you to assist on your inner journey, on your walk towards God and preparing a place for the Lord to come and visit and to honor what John the Baptist said, prepare ye the way, the coming of the Lord. So one thing that as I was in meditation, I noticed a number of different things going on and there was a movement in my, my own energy and I found myself going into deep, deep depression and challenge and difficulty and in that depression feeling very separated from loving, very separated from myself, the divine of me, very separated from my own spiritual journey, very separated and not really wanting to participate with the meditation practice, with the tools that I understand assist me on my inner journey back home to God. Then I found myself going into great sense of elevation or uh, illumination and having great joy and peace and awareness and feeling grateful and in a state of true gratitude with God as I lived in that place where loving just seemed to fill me to overflowing and then it was very easy for me to sit and to be in meditation it was very easy for me to stay focused and present with that movement of loving and to choose to live from there first and then I found myself just moving through all the different aspects of self and seeing all the different qualities both the highest and the lowest and I could see myself just kind of bouncing around inside myself and in this creation going from one extreme to the other and as I was doing that I began to look and see that when I was in my depression or when I was in my anxiety or when I was in my fear and in that place of separation and not willing to participate with my spiritual journey, my spiritual quest, I realized that that's where I need to really stay present. That that's where I really want to stay focused on what are those things that I can be doing in my life to find that place of neutrality, to find that place of balance, to find that place of centeredness within my own life so that I don't have these great extremes. Yes, it's wonderful to be in that elevated state where everything is pure light and joy and peaceful and bliss and wonder and the magic and the loving of it all. But it's literally hell to be at the other extreme where you're in the deepest, darkest pit of despair. And I know for myself that I don't want to live in those extremes. I do want to live in that place of centeredness, of neutrality, of balance where everything has a consistency and a sameness. And that consistency and that sameness is God's presence, God's loving, God's awareness in me and me and God. So as I was in this despair, in this deep, dark place, I realized that 
I could either live it out to its fullest extent of his experience, or I could choose out of it. I could choose to do something that would lift me out of it very quickly. And I found myself in that deep moment of despair, in a sense almost giving up and going, you know, what's the use? I'm going to be back here again anyway. I only get out of it for a short period of time, and then I go back into my despair. Why not just give up? Why not just experience it? Why do all this work that they keep telling me I have to do to get somewhere in my life? And as I sat there for a moment and I began to move more into that consciousness, I found myself sinking more into the centeredness of despair, a really deep, dark place. And as I began to find myself even sinking deeper, I realized, you know what? I don't want this. I don't want to go there. I don't need to live this out to its full end. And I began to look and see, what is my way out? What is my way out of this darkness, out of this despair, out of this separation? And I looked to see, what is it that I could do to free myself, to center myself once again back into that place that I know as peace, as joy, as a place of loving? And so as I looked at the darkness and I looked at the despair, I began to realize that there was no light present. The deeper I went into the despair, the darker it seemed to get. And I realized that that darkness was causing me to feel even more separated from my own truth, from my own loving, and from God in my own way. I was allowing it to happen. So I realized that the one thing I wanted to do was to bring light into the darkness or to look and see if I could find the light to begin to move towards. And the one thing that I know of as light is the light of loving. That's the true light. That's the light that I always look to when I meditate. I call forward in to my life when I feel separation. And so I began to look for that light of loving. And I began to call it forward. I just began to ask for that light of loving to come present in my consciousness, for me to begin to see it once again. And all of a sudden, I saw this little glimmer of light off in the horizon, it seemed. And as I saw that glimmer of light, I looked, and I watched it, and I began to move towards it. And then it disappeared, and I went, oh, now what do I do? Okay, I just keep looking for the glimmer of light. Don't go into despair like, oh, my God, it's gone. Now what do I do? So I just began to call it forward again. I began to focus into that loving energy that I know to be present inside of me somewhere in this dark place. And all of a sudden, the light came present once again, right there in the same spot it was before. And the more I began to hold to that loving, the steadier it got, the longer it stayed in my focus, and the easier it was for me to begin to move towards it until finally I found myself slipping through that light and into its true presence of light, which is, for me, a place of centeredness, a place of true loving. And I realized in that moment that we each have a choice as to how we're going to live each moment. But we have become habitualized into just accepting what is, just accept the problems, just accept the situation, just accept the pain, and to live it. And 
to believe what the world has told us, and that is you just have to live whatever's given you. And if you're in pain, that's too bad, live it. If you're in separation, that's too bad, live it. But I know something much greater than what the world has demonstrated to me, has tried to teach me. And that is that we each have a choice in every given moment. When I was a child, I heard something inside in spirit one day when I was in prayer. Live one day at a time, one breath at a time, one moment at a time. And I know that if I can stay present where I am in this moment and choose to put God first, choose to live into the loving, choose to be in that action of forgiveness or whatever is taking place and choosing towards the Spirit in that place, I know that I can live life with a greater sense of balance, wholeness, ease, loving, grace, gratitude than if I just give up and give in to whatever's present. And I know myself. I can remember years ago when I was a teenager when all the hormones are raging and everything is going crazy and you seem like you have no control and you just give up. You just give up. And I found myself several times in those periods of my life where I would just give up and go into whatever was taking place. If it was lust, if it was despair, if it was fear, whatever, I would just go into it and I would just be living it. Now, before that, I knew how to choose into the moment of loving. I knew how to choose into God's gratitude. I knew how to choose into God's abundance. I knew it. And I was ever doing it. As a child, I prayed all the time, not just in the afternoon when I got home from school. I was praying at school. I was writing out prayers. I was writing out statements of loving to God, like letters to God. That's why I never got my homework done. <laughs> but I was living as a true innocent soul in this world, ever aware of God's loving. But like all of us, as we enter into this world, we are that. We are that innocent child of loving. But the world begins to then put things upon us. Our parents teach us things. Church teaches us things. Friends teach us things. as the way how we're supposed to live our life. What's right and what's wrong. Then our karmas start coming in upon us. When we're first born, for the most part, our karmas for the moment are separated and outside of us. They don't come into us immediately unless we have to have that happen in a particular lifetime. They begin to settle into us as we become more awake and aware of ourselves, first bodily, then emotionally, and then mentally. And usually around the age of six, seven, eight years old is when the karmas start to really come upon us. And it's when the hormones begin to truly kick up and we begin to mature into our beingness that the karmas start to begin to be lived out more fully in our fullness, emotionally, mentally, physically, imaginationally, everything. And so... When I was growing up as a child, I really lived the living, loving presence of the Lord that I know I am, and I lived it every day, and I lived it every moment of every day, 
And it was a very easy choice for me to make. But then when the hormones kicked up, I could see all the karmas just come upon me. Actually, I saw them start to come upon me when I was nine years old. I knew that they were coming upon me, but when I was 12 is when they really began to hit. The more the energy of the physical process of the hormonal change began to take place in me, the more I found myself emotionally unstable and out of balance with who I knew I was, and the more I found my mind racing and going after all these different thoughts and beliefs and listening to the world outside of myself rather than to the truth I know to be true inside. And I began to focus more on the outer rather than on the inner. And for a while I allowed that to be so. I began to live more into my karmic patterns and into the world and the way that the world demonstrates us to live into it. But the more I did that, the more I found myself caught up in my separation. And the more I found myself living in these places of darkness and despair and fear and anxiety and separation from the truth of loving that I really know to be inside me, truly who I am. And I remember one day very clearly, I had just gotten my driver's license. I was out driving in my dad's car one evening, going somewhere. And as I was driving down the road, I felt myself just going into that place of darkness inside. And it seems like the further I got away from the house, the darker I seemed to be going till finally I just pulled over on the side of the road and I stopped. Right in the middle of traffic, I just stopped. I said, that's it. I can't do this anymore. I cannot go on living my life this way. How did I used to live my life? Why am I allowing myself to live the way I am right now? And I realized in that moment I was going to be sitting there for a lot longer than just a second trying to think this out. And so I realized I was blocking traffic. So I started up and I pulled into a parking lot. I parked and I stopped and I just began to look and evaluate things. Do I really want to live my life like this? Do I really want to live in this darkness, this despair that seems to come on me all the time? Do I really want to be focusing out in the world trying to find the answers to everything and be just more confounded and confused by all the different answers and responses I was getting from people. And as I sat there, I began to remember what it was like to be as a child, what my life had been like when I was a child, to be living in that loving, to be choosing to be a living prayer, to ever be praying to God, ever asking of God, talking with God, sharing with God, being in that moment of loving all the time. And as I looked at that, I realized that I did not want to live in this separation that I was going in. I did not want to grow up and grow away from that loving that I knew so well and that I was really longing for. I was really hurting for again. And so I sat there for the next two or three hours. I don't know how long I sat there. And I just started doing what I knew how to do as a child, and that was to talk to God. I turned off the engine, I rolled down the windows, 
And I just started talking to God. And I talked and I talked and I talked and I talked. Just asking God, help, help, help. I forgot. I want to remember. I don't want to live in separation. I want to come back into the oneness. Show me the way. Show me what to do. It was so funny, too, because I was sitting there in this parking lot. It was getting dark. The lights in the parking lot came on. And after a period of time sitting there, somebody came up to the car and said, Are you okay? Do you need help or anything? And I said, No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking for a few minutes. He said, Okay, well, we've been watching you from the store down here, wondering why you were parked up here and not coming in or just sitting there. I said, oh, I just needed to think a little bit, and I just need some time to myself. And he says, oh, okay, well, we'll respect that. And he left. And that was a very interesting moment in my prayerful moments there because it helped me to realize that I've got to take care of myself, that I can't look to others to do it for me. And that's what I had been doing before. I was looking to everybody to tell me how to live my life and what was the right way and what was I doing wrong and why was I hurting and how to get out of my hurting. And I found that looking outside myself and even looking to the person that just came, if I had asked them for an answer, I would have not gotten what would really work for me in truth. And I knew that as a child, I knew all the tools, I knew all the ways by which to live my life and to fulfill myself. But I had forgotten it. I had forgotten it because through the hormonal rages, through the education at school and ever focusing outside, the answer's in the book, the answer's in the teacher, pay attention, write down the notes, they're in the notes. It's always focusing outside of myself. So I began to just let go of all that I'd been taught and go back to that simplicity that I knew as a child. I knew, I knew as a child and you knew as a child that God dwells within. You knew it. You lived it. You loved it. And yet, just like I did as I was growing up, I began to move into forgetfulness. You began to move into forgetfulness as well. The more you focused outside for answers and solutions, for more, the more you looked outside for loving and acceptance, the more you looked outside, the more you forgot the truth of who you are inside. I was just very fortunate that that relationship that I had as a child was something that was very profound and meaningful and powerful to me and something that I could draw back onto once again to begin to wake up and remember once again who I truly am as I was moving through my teens. And you may still, even today, have that seed of knowing inside of you of who you are that is just waiting for you to look back inside, to look back and say, okay, I'm going to let go of this world. I'm going to let go of all that the world has taught me, has demonstrated to me, and I'm going to move back into that simplicity of who I truly am. I don't know if this is true yet, but there's something inside of me that says I do know it. I do remember it, and I want that for myself and then begin to go inside. Go inside and look. Look to find that spark of light. Look to find that loving light that dwells within you. Look to find 
that truth of who you really are as soul. Because I know that each of you know who you truly are. I know that each of you know how to get there. I know that because it is the only truth that we truly know. But to connect to that truth, we must begin to withdraw from all the illusions that we have believed to be true. And the way we do that is to close our eyes, to close our eyes and focus inside where the truth resides and stop looking outside of ourselves for the truth, for the understanding, for the peace, for the joy. And it's interesting. A child, if you sit with them and you ask them what it is they want in their life and you really begin to have a real deep discussion with them, and children can do that very easily because they're so connected to that deep, wonderful place inside, they will begin to share with you about just such a place that you're longing for. They know it. And they know how to get there. They know how to get there through being joyful, through being playful, through laughing, through not taking things seriously. And they also know that one way to get there very quickly is just to close your eyes for a moment and connect back into that laughter, connect back into that joy. And oftentimes, if you really pay attention to children, you'll see them once in a while close their eyes and reconnect to their truth inside. And so, as I sat there at the age of 16, sitting in that car, I remembered for myself how often I would just close my eyes during the day at school, at home, at play, and reconnect to that inner truth. And that's what I began to do from that moment on. Every moment that I could remember, I would just close my eyes for a moment and connect back to that inner truth, that truth that I know as the divine within me, my own soul. Connect back into that loving that I am. And that's all that Brian and I really have to share with you is about that inner focus, about that inner journey, about awakening up, waking up into that truth that you are divine. And one other thing I found that day for me that was very precious, and that was to allow myself to live in whatever's present, not to judge it, not to fear it, not to try to get away from it. That when I go into despair or depression or anxiety or whatever it might be, to allow myself to go into the fullness of that and to see what really is there. Because there is a great seed of truth at the very center of every experience that we have in our life. But we have to be willing to walk to the very center of that truth moment to that experience, and experience it fully. And once we have the fullness of that experience, whether it be depression or bliss, that then becomes the key by which we live our life in a new way. Because that seed is a seed of understanding, 
of the truth of who we are as divine, living, loving essence. 